Hey, good morning. I'm Sam. Um, it was funny uh, when Sven was giving announcements and we prayed for Jason. I kind of had the thought. I was like, yeah, we should pray for a stress-free morning for Jason because he's left this to Sven and I. <laughs> and let's pray for faith and let's pray for peace and joy and comfort. No, um, I'm Sam. Uh, I hope that uh, you guys felt welcome during that welcoming time. If you're new to Christ the King, Sudden Valley, Hello, I hope you felt loved this morning. Um, if you're not new, I also hope you feel loved. Um, and uh, yeah, if you haven't yet, we will by the end of the service come find you if you're new and tell you that Jesus loves you and that we do too. So um, most of you know I am not Jason. Um, I am not close to Jason. I don't have the beard or the presence or the energy probably. And I can't do backflips on trampolines. Um, but uh, thankfully, my family's grateful for that one. No, um, Jason is, as Sven said, he's down in Seattle with his family celebrating a birthday weekend. We're super happy for him. Um, I was excited that Jason asked me to come preach again. God talk. I want to use the term God talk more. That's Sven's term. That's better than preaching. I was happy that uh, Jason asked me to come talk about God again um, because it means that I didn't do a terrible job in the summer. Um, or, as I was reminded this week, Jason's getting older and it might mean his memory's going. Or, or it could mean uh, that he's becoming wiser and he's trusting God more and more than the transformative power of God and that I can turn this thing around. So, um, no, uh, I'm excited. Similar to this summer, uh, it was a topic that I was just really passionate about, um, something that uh, I think most Christians are passionate about serving. Um, and we're going to do two, two God talks on service this week and next week. So we're recording this one so Jason can like listen through and tweak anything before next sermon and hit anything I missed or be like, yes, yeah, Sam made that up. Don't listen to that. Um, but I'm really excited uh, to get going on it. Um, as I was preparing for the message uh, and all the different ways and things that we could cite. You know, the Bible, I was telling Ryan this morning, there's, there's so much in the Bible about service. There's almost too much to pick on, right? Everyone has a favorite verse about service. That's all Jesus did for his whole life on earth. Um, and there's so much to go over, and so it actually helped to remember how simple service is. Um, and it was actually, we were at lunch a couple weeks ago with Amy's parents uh, down at IHOP in Mount Vernon, um, like a luxury lunch, and um, and we were we were chatting, and they weren't here in the summer. Uh, they weren't here in the summer to hear me preach, um, and so they were excited. And John, Amy's dad, asked me, uh, "What are you preaching on?" I was like, "Oh, I'm talking about service, and like here's all the things we can do with it, and here's how intense I can make it." And uh, John was like, "It's it's not that complicated. Like it's easy. You sh- you should be easy. You're an expert on service." And he went on to explain that we're all experts on service because when we see a need, we fill it. And I was like, that's pretty much all it is, right? Like, I'm going to try really hard to make it more intense this morning um, because I can't be done right now. Um, But but that's really all it comes down to. And as he's explaining, as you see a need, you fill it, or as you see someone in need, you help them, Amy's across the table from him, and she, like, puts her hands up, and she's like, I've got these. And the point is, like, there's a need. I've got two hands. That's all it takes. That's really all it takes to serve. Um, And I appreciated that because there's certainly a lot of points that we can talk about, and there's a lot of benefits as you dive in. But at its core, when you see someone or something that needs doing, um, to just dive in and help that, that's all it is. And oftentimes, that's what Jesus did. And so it's nice to remember that it's it's that simple. So um, before we really get going and we start going through some points, it's a good intro. I want to bring Amy up here, my wife. Um, to ask her some questions about service. Oh, no. Talk amongst yourselves. I turned it off. Good morning. Is it good? All right. Hello. We've never done anything like this. This is kind of weird and fun. Um, 
interviewing you. Amy was a broadcast communications major in college, so she interviewed people. I've never, no pressure. I've never interviewed anyone. It's on me. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the rookie. No, um, I just want to ask you, kind of like that video, which was awesome to watch, uh, when did you first start serving? Uh, when? Well, for, for my whole entire life, my parents are here today. They're amazing. Um, they both very actively served in the church. They still do. My mom faithfully serves in shares her singing talent. My dad has been an elder since last time I could remember. And uh, growing up, we were able to actually do a church plant um, through the church we were going to. My dad and a couple other families decided to make a church plant. And so um, much like here at Sudden Valley, much smaller even, um, we were in charge of doing everything from hospitality to greeting to um, Sunday school to the um, sometimes the message when we were in between pastors. And so I watched my dad do that faithfully um, <laughs> week in and week out. And so when I had the chance to be a teenager and kind of decide I wanted a rock band and a youth group at my church, I um, decided to go to a little bit bigger of a church, but I decided to jump right in. And I've always loved kids, always loved babies, so I can't say that Jesus was my first motivation um, there, but it was the love of babies to get helping in the nursery. I had to get to know every single mom, even before the baby was out of the tummy. I was like, let's meet that baby. Um, and so I started serving in the church nursery there. Also loved a youth group, and um, if there's lack of leadership, Amy's going to lead, so they needed help with the games. And so I was able to take on doing the games there for a little while. And um, that really inspired me. And then when we walked in here to the Christ the King Sudden Valley, there was a, a, much like it is today, a big board and something in the bulletin that said, I, we need helpers, we need teachers. And I just said, I don't know anybody. I'm really intimidated, but I know that this is my church home. And uh, I'm going to jump in. I signed up. And that's how I really was able to get connected here at the church, get to meet other moms um, with kiddos my age, kids' age. And um, it was just a, a good way. So... I, I, I think that's how I got started, if that's yeah. the question you asked. No, that's good. That's, um, <laughs> you got started young. Um, and then what would you say, kind of like in the video, what would you say, like how has it gone? What would you say to someone who is considering serving? Just try it. It's, it I can tell you it's not always easy. Um, it isn't, I, I'm the teacher that lost a kid one time out of the classroom. <laughs> I'm admitting that. Um, it isn't always easy in roses that God is there with you. And um, if you have the opportunity to share um, the love that I have, that you have in God with another human being, that's all we are here to do, is to show that love and to be that love. And serving at church is just a great organized way to do that, to show up and to do it. And um, God gives you the energy you need. I can, I can be in a, a testament to that. If, you're, if you feel like your schedule is just packed and you feel like you don't have any moment to give, it's an hour and a half. And if it allows parents to be able to be up here learning about God and it allows children just to see your energy and joy, you don't have to have the Bible memorized or know all the things. Um, just being there to love them is, is what it's about. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. I did it. All right. Success. <clears throat> Thanks, uh, Amy. It's turned off. So weird to call you Amy. Strange. Um, thank you. Uh, no, uh, it's funny. We, um, when I was going through my outline and we were talking about this part, I was also realizing that um, I was like, oh, I don't have anywhere in here that I talk about like why I like serving. So super briefly, and it's a good piggyback on Amy's. 
Um, very similar. My dad was a pastor growing up, so like we made coffee. Like when I was a little kid, we'd go to the church early and make coffee and set up the chairs. Very similar to what we do here, um, and drink a ton of like this much coffee and this much sugar. Like just mix it like sludge. Um, that's bad. I was I started early. Um, who knows how tall I would have been? The things we tell kids. It's crazy. Um, it's funny. I mean, earmuffs, guys. Don't drink coffee. No. Um, I uh, no. The the reason I serve. Um, there's so many reasons I serve. Uh, and it sounds, I don't know how to word this, so I'll just say it, but it sounds selfish, but like, I'm surprised at how much I get out of serving kids, and I know that sounds super hokey. Um, sounds like the type of thing someone who's preaching on service would say. Uh, but we were commenting on this three or four months ago. Um, I've been helping with the middle school boys, the young men's group, as they're trying to get me to call it. Um, I've been helping with them for about two years now, and man, it's amazing the times I'd show up with like a Justin or Travis or Sven, and we'd show up and there's we don't have a curriculum, right? Like there's times you just, you're literally just showing up to hang out with middle schoolers. Um, and I was telling Amy three or four months ago, it's just been amazing. It's just been humbling, truly humbling and amazing to watch what God's done with that. Um, to literally like just with empty hands, what God does when you're just willing, right? Because the point isn't it's that what we're doing, the point is what God does through our, just our willingness and our obedience. And that's truly it. And I, I know it, it, it's hard to say it because it sounds hokey. But the truth is you just show up and you get to watch God work, and that's awesome because there's times when um, that's that reminder that you need or that's the filling up of your bucket as you show up with an empty bucket and try and give what you don't have uh, that you end up getting something out of it. So, so that's why I serve. I, I, I love it. Um, I, we'll probably keep serving. I think it's one of those things where we're like, you know, we know what God can do with nothing of ours, so we continue to have at least that. And so <laughs> the next time something comes up, we're like, sure, we'll try that too. That'll be great, because um, God will make it great. So um, that transitions well into my first point about service. I have slides and stuff, which I'm always so proud of, because I like my mind. Oof, it's like a rabbit. Um, so if you want to toss up the first, the first slide, it's that God uses our serving to bring us closer to him. Um, and this is an interesting one, because we think about serving as bringing other people closer to God. But in my experience, and this is the one, why I'm using it first, is that God uses our serving um, to bring us closer to him. Um, I grew up in the church, and I grew up serving. And bear with me, this is like a, it, it'll come back around. But I grew up in the church, I grew up a believer. And so when I was growing up, I did all the dumb stuff that my non-believing counterparts did. I made all the mistakes. I did all of the sins, Right. And so I talk to people who were saved later in life, and they look back on that time earlier, and they think, yeah, I did those things before I was a Christian. I did those things before I knew Jesus. Um, but if you are a Christian doing those things, as I was, you have this really rotten feeling inside where it's like Paul, that you're doing the thing you don't want to be doing. You're doing the thing you hate. Um, and as a, as a kid growing up with that, that's just difficult to deal with because the second you have sin between you or God, you start to feel distant because you don't have the excuse that I'm not a Christian. You don't have that excuse, and so you wonder, why am I doing that thing? And Satan loves that, right? He takes that and he twists it, and he says that you're not who you say you are. God's not who he says he is. You're a fraud. God's a fraud. And so I actually always loved serving because of the feeling that I would get in serving. It cut through that, and it was the quickest way to go and kind of plug back in with God right away and to get that feeling. Um, and a verse I love for that, we'll start with Matthew 7, is actually Jesus talking. And Jesus says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, check. but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. 
Even as a kid, I loved this passage, and I still do, because when you go and you serve, that is, you're, you're, um, God is producing the fruits of the Spirit in you as you're serving. And that just cuts straight through anything that the world is telling you, anything that your conscience is telling you, that the devil's telling you about yourself. And it reminds you that, like, hey, I'm serving, I have this good feeling, God's giving this to me, I'm a good tree, I'm bearing good fruit. And when you're Dealing with things, sometimes you feel rotten, and it's nice to know you're not producing rotten fruit. You're producing good fruit. And I always appreciated that so much. It's been a lot. Um, it sustained me a lot growing up. Uh, and and I'm, sure, I'm sure some people can relate, unless I'm the only person that ever feels uh, rotten in any, in, any, in any way like that. Um, the next... <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> the next truth of service uh, is this, and it's a pretty calm, easy one, but serving unites us with other believers. Um, this is one, uh, when I preached in the summer, we talked a lot about like, what, how we need each other and coming together. And I don't think we can belabor this point enough because um, it's, it's super critical to the entire Bible. You look at anybody in the Bible, and there were not very many lone wolves. It's pretty uncommon. Um, I mean, Moses had Aaron and later Joshua. Um, everybody had somebody. And Jesus had 12 somebodies, right? Even Jesus didn't, uh, well, if you want to get like eternity past with the Trinity, Jesus has never been alone. But here on earth, he had his 12 disciples. Um, and so we can't, we can't push this enough, this idea of the body of Christ. And I was thinking about the body and how serving together brings us together and how healthy that is. And I was thinking about the analogy of the body of Christ. And the Bible says everyone plays a different role, right? And like some people are a, a foot, and right now I'm a rambling mouth and other times people are ears or whatever but like if you had like a foot over there and like a hand over there and it was a disparate body like it's not a body it's it's gross and it's not it's not it's not functional right like to work it's really amazing that to work we have to work together right in and of ourselves we don't work Um, and Jesus certainly would have still been dynamic and effective without it but that's not the way we're wired we're wired to need other people Um, And as I was thinking about Jesus and the example of the disciples, there's the old joke that everyone has heard talking about like one of Jesus' biggest miracles is maintaining 12 close friendships, right? Like that in and of itself is a miracle. And, and, and yes, it's, it's funny, um, but when I was thinking about it, you think about the proximity they had with the disciples, I was struck this week with how short of a time he knew the disciples. And I don't know if anyone's thought about that. Sometimes I think of things that everyone else has thought of for forever, and they're just new to me. Um, but Jesus knew the disciples for three years. For three years, he knew the disciples. So you read the stories, and you see how close they were. You see how distraught they were or inspired, whatever the emotion was that in three short years they were galvanized in that way. Um, And that's amazing. It blew my mind and it reminded me of what serving together can do um, to bring people together quickly. Uh, The Apostle Paul was a really good example of it as well. Um, In Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, I'm going to read two passages about people that Paul worked with. Paul says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, Shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth, that he served me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. So that relationship, like a child serving his father, I think is awesome. Um, And the next passage is even even more intense. Uh, It's verses 25 through 27. And he says, But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need, because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. 
Um, especially this passage about Epaphroditus. Um, you look at the words Paul uses, my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, um, and how distraught he would be if something happened to Epaphroditus. And then again, you think about the fact that by our standards, it could be argued that Paul didn't even know Epaphroditus that well in terms of length of time. I mean, these, these guys served together. They would serve on missions together, sure. They'd send messages and care packages back and forth. But that that relationship, that that bond was strengthened so quickly in such a short amount of time, it tells you something about what serving together with other believers can do. Um, and briefly, uh, just because the Bible is crazy interesting and I always find out things I wasn't paying attention to, um, the name Epaphroditus, it, there was like a footnote and I was reading it. Epaphroditus is actually a pagan name, which means belonging to Aphrodite. Um, and so I started thinking about this kind of with my first point about how, how serving can bring you close to God. And I think about Epaphroditus in that first century. as a first century believer um, with a Greek name. So presumably his parents, let's just say, and this is not in the Bible. So side note, can you mute this so Jason doesn't hear any, any of this? Um, arguably, he had a, a name that, that implied that his parents maybe followed the Greek gods, right? Which was the secular religion of the day. The other option is Judaism, right? Which also is not what Paul believes, right? So he has this pressure from his heritage, his very name, and he has this pressure from the popular religion of the day, putting pressure on him to do anything but what he's doing. Certainly not to go almost kill himself, working himself to the bone, right? But there's something there, maybe like what I was saying about that feeling of when you plug into God, how quickly you feel close to God and confirmed in who you are. There's something there that made this man do it with every opportunity and every excuse not to do it. Um, some would say he was crazy for doing what he was. I'm sure many of his friends and family said he was crazy for doing what he did, but he did it anyway. And it's just amazing how God, that feeling can cut through so much. If we have so much stacked against us, that feeling God gives us of being one with him can really cut through that. Um, and my story is not that dramatic, right? I've never been, uh, I think I've probably served sick before, actually. Um, I'm just like Epaphroditus. That's my point. That's the takeaway. No. Um, no, but the, the story of the camaraderie that we build, that CTK Sudden Valley has, uh, Amy and I were talking about it this week. We, most of the people were, most people here that we connect with, we served with before we ever like hung out with them, right? We served alongside people in boys group or in youth ministry or the Christmas play or something before we ever like became friends. And it's amazing what that does to expedite it. I mean, Amy and I have been here for two and a half years, right? And it's, these are some of the deepest friendships that we've had, um, it, certainly at any church and just kind of in general in our lives. Um, the realness, the life that we share together at small groups or outside of that is just a testament to what it means to be with someone in the trenches and to see their heart for God and how it reflects your heart for God and what that can do to a relationship, which is awesome. Um, so the next point, uh, and, and Jesus had friends, right, and served with his friends. So just in general, serving makes us more like Jesus. Um, I think that's probably a good goal. Show of hands. Is that a goal? I, I mean, everyone wants to be, yeah, just want, want to make sure I was in the right place this morning. Um, no, s serving makes us more like Jesus. Uh, and Jesus' whole ministry, his whole life on earth was about service. Um, and we're just going to jump into Philippians 2 again. It's like a gold mine, Philippians 2. Read Philippians 2 today. Um, <clears throat> Paul says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on the cross. Um, when I say Jesus' whole ministry was service, it's, it really is, it's, you can't argue with it. I'll just I'll cut to the chase. Um, his, his whole life, he served others. In his death, he served us. And I was thinking about this week, too. He is alive now, and he's still serving us. He's, the, he's interceding between us and the Father, right? He didn't quit. He never retired. Like, he's still doing it. Um, and that level of service, it was critical to his mission. It's what, and we'll talk in, in, on the next point, not to skip ahead, but we'll talk about how that service was so different and so countercultural and how important that was. Um, but in case you're wondering if we're really supposed to be like Jesus in his service, Jesus says, yes. So in John 13, 15, Jesus says, I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Um, and just to go deeper on this, immediately before this, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, which is something we've done at this church that I had never done before um, that pushed me out of my comfort zone. Uh, but it was, it was fine. That water smells, though, when we're done. It doesn't matter. I mean, we, think, of, think of it actually in that frame of reference. Here, in modern times, that water smells. Imagine what it smelled like in Jesus' time. Um, and I don't need to paint a more colorful picture, but it was not good. But you look at the story, the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and Jesus did big miracles, and Jesus took loaves of bread and fish and split it and fed the thousands and raised people from the dead, all of which are service. But Jesus also looked at his two hands and said, what can I do with these two hands, right? And you can't wash feet with one hand. Like, I don't, it would be difficult. You have to dive in and really get at it. And that's, Jesus wanted to show us in the simplest way and in the most intense and dynamic way. Service is about just diving in where you're needed. Um, and it wasn't just Jesus that said, become more like me. The people who knew Jesus the most, who uh, spent the most time with Jesus, John the Baptist said uh, in John 3.30 when referring to Jesus, that he must increase. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Um, becoming more like Jesus is what we're commanded to do. Um, and as we become more like Jesus, we get to participate in the type of ministry that Jesus participated in. Um, when Jesus came to earth and he served people, that was very strange. It was at least as strange as being selfless is in our culture, at least as strange. Um, but he also had the pressure of the religious leaders, and they wanted Jesus to come back or the Messiah to come and to uh, restore Israel to prominence, to restore the throne and to rule and to reign. And Jesus' plan, as we all thankfully know, was different. It was to bring people to God. It was, it, it was eternity. It was an eternal kingdom and bringing people to God's throne. And the way Jesus did that, the most um, consistent way that he did that, he reached the people he was trying to, trying to save, was to serve them. And that was, uh, it was so different that the religious leaders hated it. I mean, he, he, Jesus got put to death. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, Jesus, Jesus was killed by the religious people that knew arguably the most about him, that should have been the most accommodating. Um, but it was the people he came, the riffraff, uh, that just could not stay away. You think, about, you think about these stories of Jesus serving them when he broke the, broke the loaves and the fish and he shared it with the 5,000. He shared it with them because those people, those 5,000 men, so I don't know, 15, 20,000 people, they didn't have food because they had followed him. So people couldn't stay away. They couldn't help it. Hunger didn't keep them away. Discomfort didn't keep them away. They came and they found Jesus um, because of how he was different. He treated them unlike anything they'd ever seen, and that's how God treats us. So um, Jesus was intentionally different, and that's my last point, uh, which is, is it my last point? It's my last one. Um, serving makes us different which attracts people to God. Um, just as Jesus was different in his day, uh, it's so different in our day to see people who genuinely um, serve one another. We talked about it in small group this week. 
everyone's got those people who are just, um, they've interacted with who are just good and kind. Where like you have a conversation with these people and you can tell the conversation is not about them, it's about you. That their focus is on you and building you up and making you feel better. And no one has ever left that conversation being like, God, that guy's a real jerk. All he wanted to do was make me feel good. Um, and it looks so different. Like I can think of two or three people in my life that consistently have exemplified that. Um, I know I don't do it. Um, and and it looks different, it cuts through, um, and that's critical to our mission, is if, if we say we um, believe in Jesus, then we are committing to living differently. We can't just say we believe differently, we have to live it. Um, and I want to take a minute to make my boys uncomfortable, my young men, by complimenting them directly. Oh, it's awesome, I can already see the eye rolls, they're so uncomfortable. Um, oh, it's funny, actually. I was, sorry, brief side note, two weeks ago, I said something about singing, and Sam Visser was like, you don't sing. And so I looked him straight in the eyes, and I sung. What, is, what song did I sing to you? It was ABC, Jackson 5. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Michael, you pay attention so well. Wow, it's amazing. But what did we talk about about God? I'm just kidding. I don't think I'm talking. Um, but I stared him right in the eyes. I just sung into his soul, and it was so, so creepy. It was so, so creepy. Um, this won't, this won't be that bad. Um, no, uh, the boys, uh, I've been so impressed with these guys, and it's been two and a half years, and I know that they're taller, but they're different in so many other ways, too. Um, watching these guys that come, and they come every other week, and the girls do the same thing. Same can be said for the girls' group. Um, but they come and they learn about God, but when they're not learning about God, they are living out what they say they believe. Um, and that can be as simple as being really nice to their sisters, which I've commended them on before. Um, but it's also the fact that they serve in the youth ministry. They help teach our littles. Uh, they help out in VBS. They help out with the Christmas play. Um, they help out with sound. They set up chairs. Um, that, if you can think back to any your middle school days or any middle school boys' days, that is not what their counterparts are doing. It's not even close to what their counterparts are doing. They're sleeping in because they're growing an inch a week and their bodies hurt and they need sleep. Or they're playing the new Fortnite. I'm trying to be relevant and hip. Is there a new Fortnite? No? It's not a thing? Okay. <clears throat> they're, uh, you know, SimCity or Pong. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I... Um, but that's just, it's just not what they're doing. And for these boys to live that different kind of life and not just say that they are living it, but really to live it, it's just, I'm impressed. It's humbling to me. Um, but it is really, it really stands out. And then you look at youth night, like we have tonight, and we get a good turnout for youth night. And probably a third of the kids are our kids, maybe half. And the rest of them come, and we're not, we're not the most dynamic youth night providers. Um, but they come because we provide something different. And they feel that love and that sense of connectedness. And it's amazing to watch in practice that these guys are living a different life. Um, I was talking to actually some parents. Hey, never mind. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Rabbit brain. I'm back. Um, so it's, when, we, when we say that we're going to live a different kind of life, it's really important that we live a different kind of life, right? Um, in this world, it's critical as people are kind of watching us to see if we're going to trip up. Um, James 2.18 says, show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And these boys, um, they wouldn't even have to talk about it. I don't even know how much you guys talk about it at church, but I prom or at school or in your normal life, but I promise people know you to be different. Um, I'm certain of it, um, even if you didn't say it. And that's a, an awesome example for us to bear. Um, and as we become more like Jesus and as we become more different, the Bible says that's the point, and then we're going to start shining like lights. Um, in Matthew 5, it talks a lot about this, um, 
putting a lamp on a lampstand, right? No one lights a lamp and puts a basket over it, right? If you're only light on the inside, that's not what God wants you to do. You take that lamp and you put it on a lampstand, on a pedestal. I'm getting the story wrong. But you do that so it provides light to the entire household. And in this world, that's our goal, is to shine a light so that people can be drawn to the light, like a bug, I guess. And <laughs> this is going downhill. And... Um, and that we can point people to Christ. That's the whole point, is to attract them so that we can have their attention and make, make an opportunity to share with them the gospel. So um, when, we, when we serve, we do that. When the boys do what they do, when we... The fact that you guys are here, right? There's football on. Like, the fact that we're doing this right now, it looks a little bit different, which hopefully makes us look a little bit different to the world and makes people ask us what's going on. Um, Jesus says when we start to serve, we're going to look different. Uh, and, and Paul echoes that in, again in Philippians 2. Go read it. It's important. Uh, Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. So again, lights in the world, it's a common theme. Um, but what what Paul's saying, and in the context of when he says do all things, he's talking, this is the chapter, or this is the verses right after how he described God, with, or Jesus, with his humility, his obedience, and his service. So Paul's saying, do all of those things without grumbling or disputing, and you'll appear as lights in the world. Um, the, uh, oh yeah. So appearing as lights in the world uh, helps other people notice that something's different about us. And the point isn't just to be different for the sake of being different, which there's a lot of that in the world. Um, but we're trying to be different so that we can point to something else. So we can point to the same thing that we were pointed to at some point by somebody or drawn to by God himself. Um, and being different gives us that opportunity. And in 1 Peter 3.13, it talks about a little bit about um, how that works. Uh, 1 Peter 3.13-15 says, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Um, Peter is an awesome, First Peter is an awesome book, uh, and it's intense, and this is an intense verse. So I want to just kind of simply focus on two things. The first thing is as we go to serve, um, talking about those feelings that we get from other people who we can tell love us, when we go and love other people, we're not going to make a ton of enemies loving other people. Um, the first part, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? If, you, if we are the type of people, and we're supposed to be the type of people, that go out and serve others, that find a need, whether it's homelessness or, or poverty or hunger, whatever it is, um, that's a good thing in the eyes of the world. And we're not doing it just for the sake of being good, but it is a good thing, and, and that's not something we should be afraid of doing. Um, Galatians 5.23 has the same message when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and then it says, against such things there is no law. Um, we can, there's not too much goodness that we can do in the world. It's not going to get us in trouble. Um, but the bigger part of this verse that I want to hit on is that part about giving an account. Um, when something looks different or someone someone acts differently, that oftentimes raises questions. And that can be a scary thing. I want to admit the fact that that can be, um, that can be uh, intimidating, as the verse says, for some people, but not to overthink it. Just if, if we play this out and you're serving other people or giving of your time and, and energy and resources to love other people, and someone says, hey, why are you doing that? Like, why are you caring? If you think about the ways that this conversation can play out, you can say, oh, 
Uh, I'm doing that because, the basic answer is I'm doing that because God tells me to. That's the basest of answer, and that's still a fine answer. It starts this conversation about why are we different. I'm doing this because someone once did this for me. I'm doing this because Jesus did it for me. I'm doing this because I love God and I love people. All of those are still different answers, and they still give us the opportunity to talk about our faith um, and the flip side of that, being afraid to talk about your faith, the Bible is littered with phrases, uh, with verses about um, not to be afraid that God's going to give you the words to speak. And it's true. I've been in those situations. There's been times the boys ask hard questions at boys' groups sometimes. We're going through the Bible, and some of it is a little wild. And they'll ask questions and put me on the spot. And it's like, how do I explain this um, in a way that is constructive? And, you know, uh, Jack Visser asked me early on, he's like, wait a second, where all the people come from? I was like, what do you mean, where'd all the people come from? And he said, you know, there was just Adam and Eve, and they had kids. Where'd everyone else come from? And I was like, okay, God, um, I haven't prepped for this one, and I need, I need you to give me some words to say. Um, and we worked through it, and it made sense, and it, it, was, it was good. But like, even in those instances, God will always come through, and he'll give you the words you're supposed to say, uh, especially since it's for his glory. Um, even this morning, preparing for this, uh, it's terrifying. Talking to people is, is absolutely horrifying. Um, and, and I love talking. <laughs> it's horrifying. Uh, but it's one of those where you're like, it's, God's not going to let me screw it up because it's too important. So um, we'll just go. I'll prep a little bit anyway, but we'll just go and do the best we can. So um, I just want to encourage us and bring it back to its simplest form of that what Jesus wants. There's lots of benefits of serving, but serving in its simplest form is really pure and really simple. And I love this verse in James 1.27 that says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Um, I love this. This feels like an authoritative verse. This feels like a verse we can take to the bank. Um, and, and I love how simple it is. When you read that sentence, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, orphans and widows for sure, but I think anyone who's vulnerable, that's, Jesus has a heart for the vulnerable, a heart for the lost. And this verse, I, I just sounds dumb, but I want to clarify. It says to visit them. It doesn't say to cook them a meal, which you should do, but it doesn't, say, it, it just says show up. It just says show up and visit them. And so you think about it if you're driving and you, you, know, you pull up at Fred Meyer and there's a homeless person, visit that person who's vulnerable. Just roll your window down and visit with them. That's all this verse is saying. If you just do that, that's pure, that's pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God. And just that, not a lot of people roll their window down. Just that is something, and that shows people um, that you care about something more than just yourself and more about being comfortable and staying warm and you know, not talking to someone who you don't know, don't know what they're going to say. So to recap it, um, when you're feeling far from God, there's four benefits. No, uh, when you're feeling far from God, uh, serving is the quickest way, uh, for me, um, to quickly feel back plugged in with God, right? For him to say, you are mine. What you're doing, I am uh, I'm empowering, I am blessing. We're in this together. Um, it also is the one of the quickest ways to accelerate friendship and have real friendship. And I don't think, even outside of the church today, I don't think you'd have a hard time telling people that friendship and community is lacking. I think most people in secular circles are going to agree that there's not enough community in the world. Um, the third point is that it makes us more like Jesus. Jesus served, we should serve. And the last point, uh, which is all of it on our mission, is that we're supposed to bring other people to him. So, um, yeah, that's it. I don't have very good endings usually. I just kind of, that's it. Pray. <laughs> I will pray. I will pray. But I had one specific thing to do that I'm remembering. So there's a board. Um, now that you're all jacked up and ready to serve, um, there's a board. Uh, <laughs> serve it up. Uh, it's the Say Yes, Serve It Up board. So that board, um, 
that board has a few, four areas where we could, how do I phrase this, where you could serve. Um, and, and it sounds like a weird distinction, and I'm not trying to sound like we don't need people. Jesus used people, and we use people. Uh, we need people. But it's not we're saying, hey, we're out of, we're out of volunteers. Um, God is amazing. Uh, and every week we have enough volunteers, and you know, new ones come out of the woodwork. But this is an opportunity really to, act at, to take a step in obedience and say, hey, I, I like the idea of getting into hospitality. I'm great putting together a PowerPoint. Um, I love children, right? And to find an area that you're passionate about, that God's put on your heart, um, and say, hey, I can serve there. I can get plugged in. I'm going to see if Sam's a liar and see if this actually works out. Whatever you have to do, whatever I have to do to get you to try it. Um, but remember, like, kind of like Jesse said in the video, which I appreciated, was um, Jesus put, uh, God and Jesus put passions and desires in your heart for a reason. They're not an accident. And so if there's something you're passionate about that you're like, oh, man, I have this... Um, I've always, you know, I've always liked to do this thing, but I was always too nervous to. This is a very safe place to do that thing you're nervous to do. Um, there are lots of people with lots of hands who will not let something hit the floor. It's really amazing. Um, so please dive in. Uh, we'd love to have you just in terms of like, we'd love to have close relationships and have community. Um, but you'll be blessed. Uh, you'll be blessed if you do it too. So now I'm going to pray as the worship team comes back up here. So, um, all right.